and pops is my dad frank Beccarello. thanks sweetie and thank you for tuning in to episode 112 of spinning my dad's vinyl okay a few months since episode 24 has turned into almost two years but we are finally going to finish the great story about how early recording devices became the music machines of the 1950s So, get ready to hear some great tunes while we learn about how we got the music you want when you want it with Volume 112, Music America Loves, Part 2. Thank you. 
Take the A-Train from Duke Ellington. Composed by Billy Strayhorn and released in 1941, Take the A-Train became the Duke Ellington Orchestra's signature tune. This February 15, 1941 recording of the song remained on the top of the charts for seven weeks and is now considered the definitive version. But you may want to check out the Ella Fitzgerald version with Ellington. Never knew there were lyrics to the song until I heard that version, and it's like seven and a half minutes long as well. Also, sorry about the skip, but I don't think it affected the song much, which is why I still played that recording. Okay, why this record for this episode? I'm not only interested in the music itself, but I've always loved the more technical side of recordings as well. What equipment was used to record and playback music has always fascinated me. And I really dig the history of the recording that is included inside the gatefold of this album that RCA Victor put out. In episode 24 of this show, way back in June of 2021, I read the first few paragraphs of the history of the RCA Victor Company and how it helped propel the recording industry. I talked about the rivalry between Thomas Edison and Alexander Graham Bell to produce the first workable talking machine and how the technology was bought and sold and improved over the years. I will complete that story in a few minutes, but first... Let's begin again.
Marty Shaw with Begin the Begin, written by Cole Porter, who composed the song between Kalabahi, Indonesia, and Fiji during a 1935 Pacific cruise, and it was recorded July 24th, 1938. Okay, let me tell you about my dad's vinyl I have chosen for this episode. Various Artists. 60 Years of Music America Loves Best on the RCA Victor Red Seal Label, number LM6074. It's a two-vinyl LP compilation, gatefold format. It was released in 1959 in the U.S. Its genre is jazz, pop, classical, folk, world, and country. Its style is vocal, opera, romantic, swing, and instrumental. It's a lot of different music on here. We'll hear seven of the 14 songs on disc two of this two-record set, which is sides two and three. Now, I will reread the first paragraphs from the liner notes here and will add to what I read in episode 24 in the bio section of this show. This two-record set of performances ranging from Caruso to Belafonte can truly be regarded as unique. The history-making performances in these grooves comprise a distinctive recorded document, a mirror of American musical life dating back to the beginning of the century. This collection is unique in another respect, for it represents a historical survey of RCA Victor and the development of recorded sound from the period of the acoustical process to the era of high fidelity. Glamour, high financial adventure, and daring do are elements in the story, but even more significant is the fact that the basic planning of the company stemmed from the marriage of art and science. The excellence of the ultimate product derives from the most fertile of unions. General David Sarnoff, chairman of the board of Radio Corporation of America, touched upon this theme, the union of art and science, on the occasion of the 50th anniversary of Victor Records. He stated, Science has a natural affinity with music. The phonograph is a perfect illustration of the strong relationship that exists between the arts and science. Music is a wonderland of the arts in which scientists find new challenges for invention. Okay, let's see what prices this record is being sold at on Discogs.com. Two years later, it still hasn't been sold on that site, although 91 people claim it in collections, which is 30, 31 more than two years ago. Uh, they were being sold on eBay for anywhere between 5 and a half to $11, and there were several on Amazon for 4 to $20. Now, my dad's vinyl is in fair condition. There's plenty of crackling on this, so it sounds like he played it quite a bit. I think the album Gatefold cover is in fair to good condition. You can see the circular markings of the record pressing against the back cover, which had been doing so for decades, of course. But there really isn't much other wear. But, of course, my dad has his address label on the front cover. So I will value my dad's vinyl at a buck fifty. Now... On to a famous conductor we featured on a past 78 RPM Sunday of this show. Thank you. 
Leopold Stokowski and the Philadelphia Orchestra with Blue Danube Waltz, composed by Johann Strauss II in 1867 and recorded in 1927. Now on to the history part of the liner notes I did not get to in episode 24. 1906 marked another milestone in Victor's history. The birth of the phonograph bearing the Victrola trademark in a cabinet which harmonized with well-designed furniture. The old-fashioned phonograph horn had disappeared into the cabinet. The result was improved appearance and sound. In the years that followed, recording techniques and instruments continued to advance and the Victor Talking Machine Company burgeoned. 1922 was a peak year with record sales reaching $100 million. The advent of radio, however, had a severe effect on the record business, and for the next 10 years, record sales declined as radio grew. Nonetheless, it was during this time that the separate paths of phonograph recordings and electronics began to merge. In 1925, the merger became a fact. The microphone replaced the horn, and frequencies never before recorded were put on wax. In 1929, General Sarnoff initiated negotiations whereby the Radio Corporation of America acquired the Victor Talking Machine Company. Years later, Sarnoff stated radio electronized the phonograph and greatly reviewed its popularity and the business. Although the Victor Talking Machine Company passed into radio hands, more phonographs are made and sold today than ever before. And the phonograph, through its magic association with electronics, has kept pace with progress. It has successfully met the challenge of radio and television. The instrument itself has not only improved, but electronics have revolutionized the techniques of recording so that there is no comparison between a record of 1925 vintage and those of 1953. The march of progress did not cease. In 1949, RCA Victor introduced its 45 RPM system, the first record and changer made for each other with distortion-free performance on a lightweight, unbreakable disc, solving problems of home storage, shipping, etc. Today, the concept of high fidelity has spurred RCA Victor to pioneer continuously in stereophonic recording and phonograph equipment and the field of tape, bringing even greater refinement to the field of home entertainment. Over the years, the achievements of RCA Victor in both the technical and artistic areas, has, as exemplified in these recordings, have amply fulfilled the old Victor motto, the music you want, when you want it. Now I've got two in a row for you. One artist I had never heard of. The other is a well-known voice on this show.
spinning my dad's vinyl. Tonight you'll find me Too weak to break the chains that bind me I need no shackles to remind me I'm just a prisoner of love command I stand and wait now from one who's master of my fate now I can't escape for it's too late now I'm just a prisoner of love What's the good of my caring if someone is sharing those arms with me? Although she has another, I can't have another for I'm not free. She's in my dreams awake or sleeping. Upon my knees to her I'm creeping My very life is in her keeping I'm just a prisoner of love the good of my caring if someone is sharing those arms with me although she has another I can't have another for I'm not free she's in my dreams awake or sleeping Upon my knees to her I'm creeping My very life is in her keeping I'm just a prisoner of love There was Perry Como with Prisoner of Love, written by Clarence Gaskell, Russ Colombo, and Leo Robin in 1931, and recorded in March 1946. And before that, we heard Jose Iturbi with Polonaise in A Flat, composed by Frederick Chopin in 1842 and recorded in 1946. Okay, time now for this episode's interesting side note. 
and it has to do with the most recognizable dog in the world. And yes, this is a repeat because people ask me about it. However, this time I dug a little deeper. I have often been asked, who is that dog that is looking at the phonograph player? Nipper was born in 1884 in Bristol, England, and died September 1895. He served as the model for an 1898 painting by Francis Barad titled His Master's Voice. This image became one of the world's best-known trademarks. He was named Nipper because he would often nip at the backs of visitors' legs. Nipper originally lived with his owner, Mark Henry Barad, in the Princess's Theater, where Barad was a scenery designer. When Barad died in 1887, his brothers Philip and Francis took care of the dog. Nipper died of natural causes in 1895 and was buried in Kingston-upon-Thames at Clarence Street in a small park surrounded by magnolia trees. As time progressed, the area was built upon, and a branch of Lloyd's Bank now occupies the site, on the wall of the bank, just inside the entrance, a brass plaque commemorates the terrier that lies beneath the building. On March 10, 2010, a small road near to the dog's final resting place in Kingston-upon-Thames was officially named Nipper Alley in commemoration of this well-known resident. In 1898, three years after Nipper's death, Francis Barad, his last owner and brother of his first owner, painted a picture of Nipper listening intently to an electric Edison Bell cylinder phonograph. Thinking the Edison Bell Company, located in New Jersey, might find it useful, he offered it to James E. Huff, who promptly replied, Dogs don't listen to phonographs. On May 31, 1899, Broad went to the Maiden Lane offices of the Gramophone Company to inquire about borrowing a brass horn to replace the original black horn in order to brighten up the painting. When Gramophone Company founder and manager William Barry Owen was shown the painting, he suggested that if the artist painted out the cylinder machine and replaced it with a Berliner disc gramophone, he would buy the painting. Barad obliged, and the image soon became the successful trademark of the Victor and Gramophone Company Limited record labels and eventually the Radio Corporation of America after the acquisition of the Victor Company in 1929. Emil Berliner registered the trademark for use in the United States on July 10, 1900. The slogan, his master's voice, along with the painting, was sold to the gramophone company for a 100 pounds, which is equivalent to 11,511 pounds in 2021, or a little over 14,000 U.S. dollars. Half for the copyright and half for the physical painting itself. The original oil painting hung in the EMI boardroom in Hayes, Middlesex for many years. I think a few famous artists recorded for that label, especially those that recorded at Abbey Road Studios. And it is the image that adorns the back cover of this two-record set. Up next, this isn't exactly May the Bird of Happiness Fly Up Your Nose. The beggar man and the mighty king are only different in name. For they are treated just the same by fate. Today a smile and tomorrow a tear We're never sure what's in store So learn your lesson before it is too late So be like I Hold your head up high 
a peace of mind, knowing there's a bluebird of happiness. And when he sings to you, though you're deep in blue, you will see a ray of light creep through. And so remember this. Life is no abyss Somewhere there's a bluebird Of happiness The poet with his pen The peasant with his plow It makes no difference who you are It's all the same somehow The king upon his throne The jester at his feet The shop girl, the actress The woman on the street it's a life of smiles and a life of tears. It's a life of hopes and a life of fears. A blinding torrent of rain and a brilliant burst of sun. A biting, tearing pain and bubbling, sparkling fun. And no matter what you have, don't envy those you meet. It's all the same. It's in the game, the bitter and the sweet. And if things don't look so cheerful, just show a little fight. For every bit of darkness, there's a little bit of light. For every bit of hatred, there's a little bit of love. For every cloudy morning, there's a midnight moon above. Contentment forever If you will be like I Hold your head up high Till you see a ray of light And cheer and so remember this Life is no abyss Somewhere there's a bluebird of happiness. The Bluebird of Happiness by Jan Pierce. Written by Edward Heyman, Sandor Harmati, and Harry Parr Davies and recorded in 1958. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. I appreciate you indulging the technical geek in me while we learn some interesting history about recording and playback technology. If you really want the full picture, go back to listen to episode 24. This record, with music that was spawned the first nearly 60 years of last century, certainly encompassed a wide variety of those recording techniques, along with a wide variety of musical genres. And I'm glad I dug deeper into the history of Nipper. This was not an album I remember my dad playing much, but I'm certainly glad he had it in his collection. I've gotten two really good episodes out of it. So... Let's finish with a song by a musician mentioned in The Muppet Movie. When Ralph the Dog is tickling the ivories at that dive bar, he says, I'm no hyphens, but I get by.
Staccato by Jascha Heifetz. Horace Staccato, written in 1906, is a virtuoso violin showpiece by Gregoris Dinicu. It is a short, fast work in a Romanian Horace style and has become a favorite encore of violinists, especially in the 1932 arrangement and recording by Jascha Heifetz you just heard. And there you have selections from the first 60 years of the 20th century. So thanks for tuning into Volume 112, Music America Loves Part 2, however you did. If you want more information about this show, head over to spinningmydadsvinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops for Volume 113, Louis V. Jazz Masterpiece Part 2. Until then, go with the flow, my friends. <laughs>